Welcome to Business and Happiness Podcast. I'm your host, Bratzo Pobridge. This episode is sponsored by Life Success Academy, a place where you recreate your business and personal happiness. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm really, really pleased that today we have uh, Zoe Zalik. She's a master of music psychology and also certified positive psychology master coach. So Zoe, welcome. How are you? Thank you very much. It's nice to be here. It's lovely. And to talk about music is my favorite subject. So um, this could be a very long one. (laughs) Yeah. So what I was thinking is we talk about, you know, connection between music and happiness. And I was thinking how if you go back, you know, hundreds of years ago, that only extremely rich, powerful kings, you know, had access to music. And now today, you know, we all have access to music. So, so let's talk about, you know, what is the connection and why? Well, is there it, I'm going to take issue with what you've just said, actually, because it, okay. it depends how you define music. But music for me is, um, is a form of communication and particularly emotional expression. And there's some proof that it actually predates language. So we can be sure that our ancestors, not just 100 years ago, but whenever humans first existed, they were trying to communicate using pitch and using rhythm and and using sounds that would communicate what they were feeling. They'd be warning other people about things coming along and they'd be um, showing their sadness before words were actually created. And they found when they've been looking at like neuroscience and looking at um, mental imagery of the brain, they actually find a lot of the areas of the brain that are used for language are also used in music. But music has other things as well. It's it's one of the few things where if you do an image, people's brains light up like a Christmas tree. You know, it's all over the place. Um, yes. And that's why um, it's been used in I mean, things like a treatment for dementia. Um, music is often used yes. because it's one I'm, of the last things to go. So it's, yes. it's, a, it's a remarkable thing. And it is music is found in, I think, every single culture of the world that there has ever been and ever is likely to be. Um, there is music of some sort. So, you know, um, th- this is, which really is amazing interesting. in itself. Yeah, this is interesting view. Yeah, of course, I agree. And even if I don't, this is your specialty, so of course, jokes aside, of course, I agree. But what I was really referring to, you know, going to the concerts and listening, that's really when I said music. So so I apologize. Maybe I was just referring to different terms so when I said music. That's, that's what I was thinking. Now we can just play. Um, yeah, so... So you say it's going back, this was the way of communication before even language was invented, yeah. correct? Wow. Yes, this is this is what, I mean, obviously experts will disagree on exactly what and when and how, and nobody mm-hmm. can prove it for 100%, but it's certainly looking that way, um, which is an amazing thought that perhaps perhaps music actually morphed into language it could even be a precursor to language which is an amazing thing but it's certainly I think music is about I think it's for everyone for a start so I don't like uh, the attitude that some people have that it is just for the talented few that's not it at all music is about self-expression it's about sharing the emotion that you have through pitch and through rhythm um, in the moment and it can of course just be for you but it's also about communicating to other people 
So, so um, depending, you know, do you play or do you listen or do you do both, right? Yeah, well, any any form of involvement in music at all accesses a whole range of different skills. So it's, I've put it down to self-expression. So I think if you if you use music in any way, you can use it to express yourself. Um, now, mm. singing for me is is the main way of doing that because it is so personal. So of course you can listen to music and you can get involved in music. You can use it to affect your mood, to boost your mood, or even sometimes just to get a negative emotion out. Um, and maybe dancing along to music and things like that make it more physical as well. But singing has that element, but it also has the fact that you are the instrument. So you get the benefits that you get from listening, but you also get the benefit of being the instrument and feeling the vibrations, feeling the resonance. Um, I mean, sound therapy is used as a thing in itself. Right. If you imagine the power of sound therapy, plus you've also got words as well. You're the right. only instrument. The human voice is the only instrument that uses words. So you've also got the meaning of the words alongside that. And that together is a winning combination. It's a way of expressing yourself in a way that words by themselves can't really do. And sometimes music by itself can't really do. But you put the two things together and you've right. got a very, very powerful vehicle for self-expression. Why, why do you think there is, a, uh, there's, there's a huge connection between you know, our feelings and moods and music? And often when we want to feel good, that's what we do. We listen to the music. And sometimes we even listen sad songs, not to become sad, but sometimes they make us feel good. I know like in certain yeah. parts of the world, that's really, the music is very, you know, melancholic. It's very sad. And yet I love, I love this music. It makes me feel good. Although, you know, they singing about some sad things in life. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, you, you'll see music used in cultures all around the world for important events, which include funerals, yes. for instance. Yes. Or, um, and and obviously, the, it's not necessarily used to achieve joy in that situation. It's, a, it's, achieve, it's used to achieve either a memory of that person or ah. unity amongst the people that are there. So in listening to something all together, you're doing something with other people and you're sharing that experience, maybe sharing your memories of the person that you associate with that music. Or it's creating a mood that you can all feel and share. So it's a sort of like a shared feeling, almost. Um, it's a good point, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's things... This is what I mean about music. It's, it's personal, but it's also social as well. You can do it privately. You can listen to something privately on your own and have a good cry about something if that makes you feel better, and it and it probably will. It make you it'll purge you of all those emotions. But you can also do that in public, and it's considered more socially acceptable if you have music to unite you than it might be otherwise without it. So you, it, you, it kind you, of gives you permission to feel things. I you think, just said something really cool you say you will purge your emotions i love that mm, if you get rid of the negative stuff um yeah it's good. i mean as humans we hold on to stuff that really we need to let go of we hold on to the negative stuff and maybe we think we've dealt with it but we haven't really we've pushed it down somewhere and it's stored in our bodies somewhere 
but music can actually bring that up it can get it out and it's it's partly to do with the vibrations of the sound itself that it can physically get to that part of the body and it's partly to do with how you express that and how you actually get it out and if you're moving around as well if you're dancing along then you've got another bonus to that as well you've got another way of getting rid of it I, so I, I often do, everything... do that I'll just go to basement and I'll just get have a loud music and just dance by myself and have fun and smile and you know I know that yeah, brings me brilliant. positive emotions because of course you're getting the endorphins then from the physical yes. exercise um yes. you can also get serotonin through listening to music so you can calm yourself down there's also dopamine as well yes. um there's also oxytocin which is the bonding chemical, chemical which is right. why it becomes such a social experience listening to music or playing music or singing music it's something you can do with other people because it creates a bonding between you and the other people doing it it's one of the few things you can do with any number of people as well you can have thousands of people all singing the same song um, and there's not many activities you can do that with so many people. It's got everything. So, so as an artist yourself, and I know you, you perform, and you perform with your husband, and you perform live, and also you do, um, you know, you started doing some online as well. So tell me, what does that bring you? What emotions and why does that make you feel good? When you go out there and you perform and you sing and you, you know, play, uh, and then you have a people singing with you or whatever happens. Walk me through that experience from, hey, you know, I have, a, I have this performance tonight and uh, what's happening from, I'm getting ready to, I got home and this is what's happening, you know, from walk me through that process, please. Yes, wow. When I'm getting ready, I'm actually quite calm about getting ready because it's something I've done for a long time. So it's, it's a normal activity for me mm. um I don't necessarily over prepare on the day I, I will have done I've done 30 years worth of practice so I know <laughs> I'm good enough I know I've got it there so um that's not what I'm dwelling on I'm usually worrying about other things actually I'm usually worrying about what I'm going to wear and um, whether the technology is going to work and whether I've left something behind if we've gone out to a gig so it's the, but what happens for me and the reason that I, I'm drawn to doing it all the time, it's the excitement of the actual event itself. So shortly before I perform, um, this, the excitement starts to build and there's the anticipation of that. There's the kind of like, oh, I wonder how this is going to go. And, and yes, it can register as nervousness sometimes, but I see that as part of the process. It's, of course. It keeps me focused on what I'm doing without the nervousness it might be a little bit too laid back a little bit too easy so that kind of keeps me feeling sharp and focused on the moment it's quite a mindful experience so uh, so I, I want to I, I, I want to ask you difference between I'm prepared you know you know I, I'm getting a little nervous right before the show the show started right and you mentioned mindfulness and I really want to connect with that the show started you're performing, you're the artist. What happens there? What, where are your thoughts? Where are you? I, oh, I don't really have any thoughts. Well, at least I don't think yes. I do because I'm not aware of them at all. All of a sudden, yes. I'm performing and I'm totally there. And I'm totally present. So, so and... you are totally like, as Dr. Mihalcek, like Dr. Mihalcek Mihal would say, in the flow. That's it. 
Oh, nothing yeah. Nothing else, yeah. Man. Completely nothing and else. utterly. It's just like, and, I, and it's like a switch almost. It's just straight there, immediately immersed in everything. Um, and it's, and for me, it's a social experience as well. So the, the, the crowd, the audience, whether they're online or whether they're in person, they're actually part of the experience as well. So it's about me performing, my other band members that might be playing with me and the audience all together in this um, bubble, I suppose. And I can feel, I can feel them. I know that sounds a little bit odd, but I can no, feel no. what they are feeling. No, it's and not odd at all. I know, I know what effect I'm having on people. I know whether I've drawn them in or whether I'm, I've still got to try a bit harder and pull them in. So I can kind of, I feel the, mo the music, obviously the music has an effect on me, <clears throat> but it's mainly about how it's going through me and affecting the audience. And I what know different people will say different things, but for me, that's how it is. It's about how I channel it to the audience and draw them in and make them part of the experience as well. Right. And when I get it so, right, it's there's nothing better in the world. It's brilliant. Of course. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. Uh, you know, I, I wanted, it was years ago, I was talking to a gentleman, his name is Darren LaCroix, and he was like world champion of public speaking, I don't know, 20 years ago. And he shared a story with me, and I wanted actually to, to share this with you and see, just get your thoughts. And I'll tell you quickly what it is. Uh, he's a comedian. And he said that there was one time he did a gig and everybody in the audience would laugh, like absolutely everyone, but there was a one lady in the corner and she would just look at like this, right? The entire show. And he said, I tried everything I can just to make her laugh, but she just did not. And at the end of the show, he said, she came to me and said, Daryl, this was the funniest gig I have ever seen, right? So the people express their feelings differently. And I'm sure you, you yeah. run into this where, you know, some people are jumping, whatever the song is, and there are other people that they don't show you. Do you run into this and what do you do? And what goes through your mind, if anything? Yes. Well, when I, when I was younger, that used to put me off. So I think, yeah. oh, no, I'm not going down very well. Um, what should I do? Nobody's listening. People are leaving the room. And I would worry about everything. Um, over the years, though, I've had lots of conversations <laughs> with people who exactly the same as you say. They come up to me afterwards. They tell me that's the best experience they've ever had. And you think, well, that really wasn't obvious <laughs> from how you reacted. But they, they prefer to tell me in private sometimes. I have lots of conversations in um, ladies' lavatories. Um, <laughs> people come up and, and talk to me in the toilets about it um, and about how they felt about it and usually about how they would really love to sing as well. Or maybe they've got a secret singing habit. And nobody mm. else knows because they only ever do it in the shower or in the car when they're on their own. Um, so what do you get to lots of conversations. Them? Oh, secret singing habits. Let's not keep them secret anymore. Let's go out and share. Because <clears throat> as soon as you start to do that, you find that there are other people that have secret singing habits as well. And, and they, they quite like to join you. And then all of a sudden there's two of you who are doing it together. And instead of feeling that it's something that you have to keep secret. It's something you can share with someone else. So you've got that double the joy. You know, um, I, I have a secret to share with you. It's not really a secret, but it's just, just something yes. that you don't know. A lot of people don't. Uh, when I was younger, I actually used to sing in chorus. We travel all over the world, not over, but many countries. And then we had a band 
and we would actually perform at different places and you know play it to radio station local and it was just so much fun and i can relate to how how music and and performing can bring us incredible joy and at the same time we're bringing other people happiness right yeah definitely it's it's a great feeling isn't it it's a beautiful feeling and i think what's happened in more modern <clears throat> cultures because we have so many programs which are about finding talented people supposedly there's an awful lot focused on singers and singing voices so everyone all of a sudden has become a critic and everyone now thinks that you have to be a certain standard before you can sing and that's rubbish because that's not what singing is about singing is about expressing your feelings of joy or or even of misery it's just about getting yourself out there and doing it and being heard and of course if we put if we pile all this stuff onto people and make them almost feel ashamed because their voice isn't as we want it to be or it isn't quite the same as some famous singer that we're judging everyone against that's not that's not right that's not what we do and unfortunately I work in schools as well so I am involved in music education and I'm I always have to strike that balance as well because in music education of course people are expected to get better at whatever instrument they have so if they're if singing is their choice they're expected to get better at singing but it should never be at the expense of the joy and of expressing themselves so it's That's really such important a great to get message. those things together. Yeah, and, and, and you can. You can do those things together. I mean, music therapy exists to work on um, just helping people to use singing to communicate or perhaps using it in a different way. But I think music education and helping people to get better at singing as well is equally important. So what I do is I put them together. So people get better at singing, but they also enjoy the communication that they're making and accept whatever situation they happen to be in at the time so there's there's different ways of doing it um you also need to have to make it work so for somebody perhaps that isn't very confident which is a, a lot of people when they first start working with me that's how they feel you also have to have an audience that understands so what i wouldn't do is put someone who's very nervous in front of an audience that are very judgmental right that's a recipe for a disaster yes um and we mustn't ever do that to ourselves or to our children either let's stop doing this to kids you know they've been singing for five minutes then all of a sudden we make them do a a performance in front of the whole school now you can only do that if the whole school understand how it feels to be up there in front of 300 other people so if you've got a friendly school or if you've got people that perform all the time anyway so everyone takes their turn and they're used to performing in small groups they're they've done it all the way through their lives then that's okay because everyone will applaud anyway because just stepping up there in front of people is worth appreciating by itself even before you open your mouth and do anything so if you've got an audience that get it that's great you've got no problem at all but it's also Um, like some of us you know, some people say, well, I, 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 I'm not going to perform. I just want to sing for myself, you know, in the shower, at home with my friends and family. Uh, right. We don't have to, yeah. you know, perform. We can just have fun for ourselves. And when we're ready to perform, we could. But otherwise, yes. and it's and it's and it's extremely helpful, right, for our well-being. 
we already know that. Yeah, yeah, it so really now does. That, now that we said that, you know, I'm going to ask you something, actually, that uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's not going to make you that uncomfortable, maybe. How about we, not we, you, sing us a song? And maybe... I can sing you a song? Yeah, maybe you sing us, you play, you sing, and maybe even something about happiness. What do you think? Well, maybe you've heard that I've actually written a song about happiness then, in that case. Um, yes. It is not finished. I ought to say oh. that. It is not finished. Good. But That's what... it's, you know, it's good enough. It's good enough so, to share. So you did not perform, you know, play this song with like thousands of people yet? In front of thousands of people? I haven't played it for anybody yet. Now you're it's going not, to all of our audiences. Let's go. There's <laughs> a happiness yeah. song by my friend Zoe. And I you'll guess be the first one it. to hear it. Yeah, it's an exclusive. I better have a quick drink then. In that wow, case, yeah, it's an exclusive. Yeah. Have, have a quick drink. I don't know what you're drinking there, but I hope it, it will make it's you It's just singing. a cup of tea. <laughs> I find <laughs> that too. the best thing of all <laughs> for singing. Other people use all sorts of things for singing, but no, I think tea is the best thing. What I do have a problem with is my headphones and where they go when I'm playing the guitar. But anyway, I'll oh, try and I'll try not to get tangled Thank up. Thank um, and I ought to just tune up as well because sure. it's not good if it's out of tune. Yeah. You know. I, I need mean, the help believe... with tuning my guitar. You and I have to talk because I, I never make it sound good. Well, I've got a nice little tuner on the end, which helps and makes it a lot quicker. So that's not bad actually, that's okay. Is that is that loud enough? Ooh. And I do have this problem where my headphones drop out as well when I'm playing the guitar, so I'm gonna That's okay. If it drops, that. don't worry about it, just keep yeah. Right, that should be okay. Yeah, so this is written about yeah, it's written about happiness, and it's written about how I reckon happiness is always there, but we don't always recognise that it's there. So we have to sometimes remind ourselves. That's there. Love it. So that's that's what it's about. It's a bit. Yes, it is there in the lyrics, I think. But you might not get that. I'm going to shift over as well. The big old happiness is sitting in the corner, like before. I ignore its existence. The big old happiness is sitting and waiting to remain. That I've quit my resistance Are you proud of your choices When you look back Do you listen to the voices That defend you by attack Do you finish yourself By thinking too small Sit back on the shelf So you're not seen at all or be someone else How many years are wasted How many fears unsasted That big unhappiness is sitting in the corner Like before I ignore its existence That big unhappiness is sitting there that I quit my resistance and that can be free I can be free I 
Thank you so much, Zoe. This was wonderful. Thank you for reminding us that happiness is always there, as you mentioned earlier, that is sitting in a corner and it's always there for us to grab it. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. Thanks for encouraging people to sing, to dance, to have fun and perform uh, if they can. Thank you very much. I will talk to you soon, Thank my friend. You. Thanks so much. Take care. You too. Hello everyone. So today we have uh, Zoe Zalik. Zoe is a master of music psychology and also post psychology master coach. But uh, today we will be talking about uh, different types of coaching. We, have, we never discussed this uh, on my show. We're going to be talking about voice coaching. So Zoe, welcome my friend. Hello, thank you. It's nice to be here again. Thank you so much. So, so, so great. So great to see you. So, so uh, I wanted to talk to you about, you know, a, a coaching, specifically voice coaching that you do. And it's a really interesting topic because I think uh, uh, at least, you know, in, uh, folks that I train, this is the first time I ran into somebody who does voice coaching. So there are, I'm sure a lot of folks who can, you know, not only use your services, but also who would love maybe to do this for a living and, um, just to learn more about it. So, so I want to connect that again, voice coaching with the business and happiness. So let's get started, my friend. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. Well, the first thing is probably as soon as you mentioned voice coaching, people think that it's all about vocal technique, which of course it is. That's part of it, but there's an awful lot more to it than that. Or there is when you work with me anyway, because, okay. um, <laughs> It's about your voice is it's part of you, obviously, isn't it? It's part of you in a, in a physical way because you're making physical sounds, mm -hmm. but it's also part of you in an, an emotional way, in a mental way. It's part of your learning. It's part wow. of who you are. And it's that aspect that often comes up with people. So they might come to me and say, and people come with all sorts of different issues. So they might come and say that, 
oh, they want help because um, they can't project. They want help with vocal okay. projection. So, okay, we'd start with that. But what usually comes up is it's not about how well they use their vocal equipment as mm -hmm. much as it's about how they feel about themselves. And very often there's an underlying issue about them being happy about speaking up and being who they are and people hearing who they are and knowing who they are. But you know what, so what's so cool is that you connected now. So basically what you're telling me that you're not just coaching them, you know, to uh, uh, to have a better or different, you know, whatever voice, but you're connecting all of that with true life coaching, right? With all the tools that you have in your toolbox uh, as a personal psychology master coach and, and everything else that you have with the voice coaching, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So... I find out quite quickly <clears throat> that um, somebody who has performance anxiety, it's because they're not absolutely sure about who they are. So <clears throat> something that I might use with them would be the, the VIA strengths testing, the character strengths, which would just give an overview of, of the sorts of things. We might use their top five. We might use their signature strengths as just a way of introducing them to, well, this is an objective way of looking at what your strengths might be. Because very often you ask people what their strengths are and they'll come up with a different list yes. than the ones that they might get if they do a test. And sometimes, you know, it's not necessarily that the test is better. It's just that it gives a different perspective and it's sometimes a more objective thing. And, and I find with people very often, it gives them things that they wouldn't necessarily have put at the top of their list. Either. Yeah, it's it's like when, when our friends tell us, you know, you're really good at this, and we go, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, because very often, because we're good at it, we, we assume that everyone can do it. So we yes. don't even see the value that it has to other people. And Correct. the way it works with, for instance, if, you, if you're a coach and you come to me because you want help with projection, you don't think that you're coming across very well on, on camera, for instance, and then we dig into your values, we might find that actually it's because maybe you're not in line with your values. Maybe it's because the things that you're saying are not necessarily lined up with your strengths. Wow. So if we can then work out what the strengths are um, and then relook at the, the types of words that you're actually using and how you're coming across, that will really help. Um, another thing I might do is I've been putting together it's, it's almost like a manual, a manual of yourself. So, which sounds ridiculous because none of us come with a, a manual when we're born. But your However, clients have, are going to come with one. Yeah, because <laughs> sometimes we forget who we are. I mean, I, I do the same. When I go live sometimes, I'm sort of totally in the moment and I just say whatever comes into my head very often. So in, in that <laughs> respect, I'm being true to myself. But if I actually think about it afterwards, I think, oh, no. I should have said this and I should have said that and I should have said that and and I really want to say that. So the thing to do is to get a kind of is to have a plan almost. So you you want to find out who you are and write your own manual. So it's a kind of this is me. Um and of course there's two there's two separate <coughs> things going on here because this is you in private might be different from this is you in public. Yes, and that's okay, you know, because people yeah. talk about authenticity. It's absolutely fine when you go out to yeah. perform and sing and perform. It's a different when you're with the family, you know, it's, it's still you. It's not like a yes. different person. It's one person. I have a question. I was I'm thinking as you 
walking me through this process. And I'm thinking of some of the performance that might come, performers, it might come. Do you get a push from people saying, don't give me this, like, I don't need to know about myself. I'm here to like, to help me with the voice. Yes. Well, what are you doing? Really, do you? Yes. I would yeah, think I so, have... right? One of, one of my children, <laughs> yeah, one of my children, and I should point out that she's autistic, um, which does have a bearing on this, mm-hmm, I think. Mm-hmm. But she said to me one day, she turned around to me, I just said something nice to her, I can't remember what it was, but she turned to me and said, my mum pays you to teach me to sing, not to build my self-esteem. And I thought, that was so funny. Um, but I just kind of smiled and I said to her, well, it's worked so far though, hasn't it? So, uh, so I kind of go with the, it, and what she said is absolutely true. People do, they come to me usually to help them sing or to help them with their vocal performance in some way. They don't come to me for the other stuff. The other but, stuff but I, I just love do what you alongside. Do. I, I love your approach because you are true coach. You're finding what they really need because that's our job. Our job is not just to yeah. do what clients tell us to do. That's not our job. Our job is to figure out what they really need, right? If that's yeah. not what they think. And that's really amazing. I, I don't know if there are many, uh, you know, uh, uh, call them, you know, voice coaching coaches that do what you do. This I love it. Well, I always say that I, I'm combining three things okay. because I, there's three things that I'm really passionate about and that... I feel everybody needs to perform at their best. So it is, it's personality insights, not necessarily personality typing, although that might okay. come into it. Um, okay. So it might be, like I said, the, the strengths, that's one thing. Okay. Um, positive psychology in itself is a big issue as well, because you want people to feel good when they're performing. If they're not feeling good, then they're not going to be their best self. And for me, it's about public performance is about being your best self. So you might be different yes. in private, but when you're, especially if you're representing <clears throat> your business or you're representing your band or you're there to show your best self. So you don't necessarily want people to see every part of you because there's some bits that, you know, are just between you and nobody else, you and the cat. Yeah, and that's still you, um, right? It's okay. Yeah. So you're showing so- them your best self. You're showing them what you want them to see, but it's also... A, a still a version of you so of the positive psychology feeling good is really really important because it's knowing that you're showing your best it's like when you put your best outfit on it makes you feel good so it's the same with if you bring your best performance it makes you feel good it makes you shine in front of an audience rather than just be somebody mumbling away into a microphone yeah um yes uh, and so, you know you that know, what you're saying is being heard as well, of course. If, if it's coming course. from the heart and it's, it's your best message and you've carefully crafted it and thought about how you say it, then um, you come across as authentic because it's part of you. Oh, th- yeah, this is the other thing, actually. Th- that phrase, practice makes perfect. I hate that phrase because I don't yes. like the notion of perfectionism. And it you know what we, uh, when I used to train, uh, teach, train people on Dale Carnegie, we would say practice, make it permanent. So if you make a practice of yeah. something bad, it's going to stick with the bad. If you make a practice of good, so practice doesn't make it perfect. It depends what you practice. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I would go, my usual phrase is practice makes personal. Yes. And I mean that 
in a quite um, a physical way also, because if you if you rehearse something, something important to you, so it might be it might be a song, but equally it might be your most important message, the thing that you most want people to understand about you or your business. But if you rehearse it, it does actually become part of you. It becomes part of your memory. It's stored in your brain. It rewires your neural circuits. So it does physically become part of you. So practice makes it personal, I think. So as tell well as me, uh, absolutely. So tell me about your, your uh, coaching. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of discussions with the coaches and question is, what do I do? How do I create package? How long do I coach? You know, do I do one session? Do I do 12? How does your coaching um, uh, look like, your coaching business, as far as, you know, I come and I say, you know, I really would like your services. And then what do you tell me? Or what do you show me? How, how do we do yeah. this? Okay. So, so as I said, people usually come because they want something to do with vocal performance. Can I, just one more thing. I'm sorry for interrupting you. You also mentioned yeah. if you're representing your business. So I would assume you don't do, do just performance voice coaching. It sounds like you also do Maybe not as much, but also, uh, 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 I don't know what the name is, but, you know, for voice coaching, if I wanted, you know, to just have, a, to, to know how to deal with my voice better, if you will. Yeah. To so come across I, more. I would work with, with singers, musicians, but also speakers. Oh, okay, um, that's right. And okay. you, can, you can think of that as quite widely. So, so public speaking, let's call it yes, public yes. speaking, for public want speaking. of a better phrase. So it's, yes. it's, it's people that need to be able to speak in public. Recently, of course, there's been a whole load of new people needing yes. to speak in public because they're finding that the conversations that they used to just be having maybe in an office or with their colleagues, all of a sudden they're having to be online all the time. They're having to make videos for people. Yes. Um, and all of a sudden it's got scary. It's got a bit like public speaking, uh, yes, which of course for, for isn't of something... Yeah, and it isn't something that they've trained for or even assumed they were ever going to do. So um, let's go back to the coaching process, if you don't mind. So somebody comes, regardless if it's for public speaking or what's the process that you, that you, you and it could be just, you know, different for every client. I don't know. I don't mean the tools because as you mentioned to me earlier, which is absolutely right, you don't know what tools you're going to use. That's what real coaches do. They figure out as the time goes on, you know, but uh, yeah. Is there like process and how would somebody come to your coaching? So they would hopefully send me a message or occasionally people will recommend me or they'll um, they'll find out about me somehow. And then they I usually ask them what they need, first of mm -hmm. all, or actually they generally tell me what they want. Yes. Because because yes. <laughs> as you were saying, it's up to me to work out what they need. But they tell me what they want. And I ask them about that a little bit more. Um, and, and what I'm doing is I'm just, I'm just trying to get to know them in that first conversation. So it might be, it might be just an exchange of messages um, or it might be an actual physical conversation with me, but I'm trying to find out what it is that they think they need mm -hmm. and that they mm -hmm. want. Because it's most important that I give them what they want, of course. Of course. I'm not going to ignore that. I can give course. them what they want. But then what happens is we start sessions and as people are doing whatever it is, if I'm working one-to-one, -one, it's more obvious because 
um, we'll be working on something in particular. So as we're working on something in particular, something else will come up and I'll say, oh, I noticed that, you know, maybe mm-hmm. you've got a few feelings around that issue or do you actually know who you're trying to be when you say that? Or um, does that link with your values or does, does that, is that in line with your mission statement? So I might ask questions like that if I feel that something's come up. And and then they'll either they'll either give me an answer where they say, oh, yes, I know absolutely what I'm doing and I'm doing this, which doesn't happen very often. Usually what they say is, well, no, actually, I'm not really sure about that. And then mm-hmm. that is where the doorway is opened. into yes. Perhaps looking at a different angle. So I might then suggest something. Um, so I might say, well, I, maybe it would help if we talked about your values or maybe it would help if we looked at where your performance anxiety comes from or whatever it happens to be. So I'll make a suggestion. Now it's up to people then as to what they do with that. Sometimes I get a straight, oh no, 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 I, I need to do this or I want to do that. Um, and it's usually fear talking yes, when that happens. Yes. So if yeah. that happens at first, I'll just leave that and we'll carry on working on what mm-hmm. they've chosen to work on. But I tend to make notes of these things and I come back to them. I'm a bit persistent like that. And then hopefully a little bit further down the line, when they perhaps trust me a little bit more, we've done a little bit more work, I'll bring it up again. And usually at that point, if they weren't prepared to look at it last time, they're prepared to look at it now. Um, So I might then suggest some psychometrics to help, or I might make a recommendation of something to look at or to something to go away and think about, or I might have some questions that I'll send them. And I'll give them some thinking time yes. to figure it out first. Because I think sometimes if you bombard people with stuff in the moment, you don't always get a considered response. You don't always get the truth. Whereas if you give them time to, to go away and think about it, that yeah. helps. So, you know, th- this, is, this is really interesting because um, uh, obviously you are not afraid to push your clients. And that's what experienced coaches do. You know, new coaches are afraid to push them because they think they'll lose a client, uh, which is absolutely fine. You lose a client, right? But this is, I love to hear this, where you, you persistence, you, you push, and until you get the results for your client that, uh, right, that, that's what they're paying yeah. you for. They're paying you for that. But they don't know yeah. that. Sometimes they don't want to be pushed, but it's our job to push, right? Yeah. and I And I do have to, sometimes it depends on, the personality of the person coming to me as well, um, I may have to spend some time complimenting them and making them feel yeah. good, first of all. Because if they come with this, all these negative associations, <clears throat> then the last thing that's going to help is me then saying, oh, well, that's no good. You've got to work on this. Then you've got to work on this. Then you've got to work on this. I don't think you should ever pile on too much work in one go. I think you've got to gauge the personality of the person before you start um, going too deep, if you see what I mean. So people can just cope with different levels of of work. That's what I'm trying to say. Of course. And so I spend a lot of time listening to them at the beginning and being absolutely sure about who they are and what they can cope with before I then make suggestions. The key coaching skills, right? The key skill, active listening. Um, Is there a difference Mm -hmm. between... Uh, well, I'm sure there is, but what is the difference? I guess maybe the right question between coaching somebody who is a performer, 
versus coaching a business person who wants to be a better you know, public speaker, as we discussed earlier. I actually don't think there is a lot of difference. Really? Other than, yeah. Other than, obviously, if it's a performer, it's going to be more about the music. So the, yeah. the song choice will play a part. But then equally, if it's somebody in business, then it's not a song choice, but it's still a material choice. It's still about their content at the end of so the day. So you also, about the message. as a coach, you go into content as well. You go into message, not yeah. just a voice. It's amazing. Yes. Yeah, because wow, the content is equivalent to the song as a performer, isn't it? It's the especially if it's something that is repeated a lot, it can still be rehearsed the same way you might rehearse a song. So um, you know, I mean, I, an obvious thing is probably the elevator pitch, isn't it? I mean, everyone's told to write these glorious elevator pitches, but if you can't actually remember your elevator pitch, what's the point? Because you're never going to say it, and maybe the reason you don't remember it is because you don't really mean it. So. That there's a whole load of issues there with working on elevator pitches. It's first of all, you, know, you want to have something I, that feels real. I, I really people. love how you take the truly like holistic approach of coaching and you take all these pieces. This just reminds me, um, I think I was telling you, I got uh, um, an agency to help me with marketing and stuff. And now I have this director who basically coaches me, you know, over Zoom, which is like really amazing and how he does it, you know, he's in Australia. And, uh, and, and, and when you mentioned content, right? So he was coaching me on a voice as well as content, as well as posture, right? So everything. So, and yeah. that's really what you said you're doing, even though business content is not, you know, why they came to you. They came for voice, but yet you coach. This is really, really cool. I really wish we had more people like you. Seriously. Seriously, this is really, like, that's, like, coach that I, I want. You know, I have a business coach who's really focusing on the business, and I have these guys helping with this. But, like, what you do is, like, the whole package. It's, it's yeah, because so cool. it's got to be about the real person, hasn't it? The whole person. And that's why my business is called Own Your Voice. And it's Love not it. just about the physical voice. It's about how your voice expresses itself in however you choose to use it through your content as well. So it's, it. it's about your inner voice and your outer voice and, and whether you know the difference and what you're prepared to say. So it's, it's how you say it, but also what you say and who you say it to. I mean, it's, it's everything, isn't it? And, and in what situation you're going to say it as well. All of those things affect your voice. Um, and it's, it's all connected to who you are. So <laughs> that's what I mean. For, for me, it's seamless. For me, the connection is obvious, but I realise that it's not to everyone. But yes, personality, psychology, performance, they're all linked really closely together. And it's my job just to help people kind of see all the connections and yeah. make it all work together so that the whole thing feels genuine when you know, they actually the, stand up there and perform yeah you know with the voice i have a like, personal question how much breathing is important and what's the connection like i'm learning now just you know how really important it is they say that oxygen is like the key for actors and actresses that's it the, the way you breathe when you when you uh, when you act, yeah. but I, I assume it's with, with, with perform, regular performance like you as well. Well, of course. Yeah, I mean, breath is your fuel. So without yeah. breath, 
you can't make any nothing. sound <laughs> it's your fuel but it's a, it's how you use the breath it moves around your body and it vibrates in different places so as singers we talk about chest voice and head voice because ah. those are different areas that we resonate in and i there's know actors, head voice there's also head voice well by head voice all we mean really is if resonating in any part from yeah, yeah. upward but i, I um, understand but it's interesting so you might, you know, if you're going to throw your voice forward, you might push more into your nose. Whereas if you, if you kind of like, if you want a more kind of relaxed voice, you might drop your jaw a little bit. So yeah. you can af affect your tone and it affects, it, it, well, it depends what you do. I mean, if you were doing meditations, for instance, audio meditations, you don't want someone shouting like this when you're meditating, yes. do you? So you'd have to learn to just kind of relax your tones and perhaps speak slightly differently and and, right. and more quietly as well you want a more kind of close mic that's what, the other what? thing you're using your tech correctly isn't it and you can have a close mic technique where you want the microphone really close to your mouth if you're if you want a more intimate feel or else if it's more of a kind of performative element you want it further away so there's more projection so it's um, let, let me ask you this from, from your from sorry from your experience um you know, some of us are overly enthusiastic and we come across with a lot of energy and some people can't handle that. So sometimes we have to adjust, right? So I had this discussion for years with people. You know, I, I know I come overly enthusiastic when I do my trainings and sometimes I have to sit down, right? To, to kind of calm and, right? But also most of my coaches says, just, just be yourself. People either connect or they don't with you. And that's fine. Some people will love it. Some will not. And that's okay. What is your opinion on that? I'm really curious about your Yeah, opinion. well, I think I do go along with the be yourself, but I also think you need to bear your subject matter and your audience in mind. So it's be yourself in an appropriate situation. Exactly. So, Yes, yes. You know, yes, if you yes. if you were talking to someone quietly and intimately about something quite personal, then the, then you would be quieter, wouldn't you? And you kind of you want to draw them in rather you than know, push when, them away. Yeah, when you said that when I was doing these last recordings, which was like you know a couple of minutes, about you know a minute or two, twenty or so uh, uh, videos. Um, so my 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 director basically says, you know, this is now we need to get you out to new people. So like they don't know you. So like later on you can be or be enthusiastic, but right now it's like you know we don't want you know you want just to come across natural. You're talking to them, right? So that's exactly what you're saying. This is really amazing how much we can learn from folks like yourself. We need we need you guys. We need you guys. Is there? Thank you. Uh, you know what, seriously, I'm just so 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 excited about what I'm learning throughout this uh, quick session. Um, is there like one or two things you would recommend people to do? Uh, it could be either like uh, coaches uh, who, who um, you know, do similar things that you do or like folks that would uh, um, want to learn more about, like I really, now I'm really interested to learn more about voice. You really got me into this uh, so that I can be better at what I do. What, what is the one yeah. or two? You give us a lot of tips, but is there something? Well, yeah, I think I think the obvious thing to do is to record yourself mm -hmm. and watch it with an outsider's eyes, which I know is easier said than done. But you 
so many people kind of avoid that. They oh, I don't look very good on camera. I don't want to watch myself. I don't want to listen to myself. But actually, how are you going to get better unless you do? You don't want to totally rely on another person telling you because you're only getting their opinion. Yep. Um, you do have to be able to look at yourself and look at yourself mm. critically and honestly, not look at yourself. Maybe probably the best way to think of it is look at yourself as if it's your best <clears throat> friend doing it. So your your best friend asks you for help to improve their vocal performance. So you would be kind to yourself, wouldn't you? You'd be kind to your best friend. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. you should be kind to yourself as well. But you'd also give them the help they were asking for. You wouldn't tell them that it was it was great if it really wasn't. So yes. that's how you need to be with yourself. Um, and I think the only way to do it is to look at it after the event. You can't look at yourself as you're doing it live. And you don't want to anyway, because you want to be in the moment. Exactly. So you have to do some sort of recording. Video is great because, of course, then you've got audio and visual. Um, but at different times. So, uh, you know, not when you're really tired after you've just done it, but maybe a couple of days later, view your performance and have a look at it and just say to yourself things like, well, if I was a stranger and I was seeing myself for the first time, how would I come what? across? What would I be noticing? Um, what what qualities does my voice have? What am I picking up from looking at this person? What messages are coming across? And you can do it. I mean, you can invite your friends to have a look and tell you critically as well. Yes. And see what sorts of things people say. Because people will have different opinions and they will pick up on different things obviously but what you want is a an objective view of your performance um yeah. so that and it's very difficult isn't it to take criticism because we either take it too harshly or else we kind of think oh no what are they talking about they don't know anything so i, th I think it's very hard to actually take criticism uh, and use it in a positive way but if we can do that then that's brilliant because that's how well, you make <clears throat> small improvements yeah, well, I think we have to be ready. If we're ready to go out to public, right, then we better be ready to take the criticism because we know that's coming. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, you just reminded me of, you know, I used to do the training where we would basically do live, you know, you would, we would record you, your presentation, a couple of minutes, and then we would take you to another room while we continue with the training, and another trainer would give you live immediate feedback, right? So you would know exactly. So, so recording, getting a feedback, looking at yourself, getting feedback from other people, as you said, is really key, 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 key to success. So Zoe, thank you so, so much. This was so much fun. I learned so much from you and I'm sure your, uh, our listeners will learn even more. And I know we're going to post the information so they can reach out to you if you wanted to, if you wanted to learn. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been lovely. I just, I love to talk about all of these things anyway. So it just has given me a reason to do so, which is lovely. Thank you very much. When it comes from passion, that's what, right? It comes from your true, oh, yeah. true passion. We can feel it. Thanks, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thank you. Take care. Become the Life Success Academy founding member. Go to academyoflifesuccess.com and click on founding member to get 60% off full membership.